Mental Gymnastics, my weekly market review, 9th of October 2022. Bad news is often good news for investors these days who have to perform mental gymnastics as the economic picture comes into focus. Traditionally negative indicators of a weaker economy, such as rising unemployment or falling consumer spending, tend to result in lower inflation, which likely means the Fed can take its foot off the gas with monetary tightening, which should mean less pressure to raise interest rates, which means potentially higher stock valuations. We saw some great examples of this last week. First, the August Job Openings and Labor Turnover Survey, otherwise known as JOLTS, came up surprisingly short. There was a seasonally adjusted 10.1 million job openings at the end of August, down from 11.2 million a month earlier. That's the biggest month-over-month decline in job openings since the depths of the COVID crisis in April 2020. Facing higher interest rates and signs of a slowing economy, employers appear to be cutting back on their hiring plans. We also saw weak U.S. manufacturing data, the lowest reading since May 2020, which offered new evidence that economic growth and demand are slowing, which on the surface is not normally a plus for stock markets. But you can follow the breadcrumbs from this data to a Fed that is showing signs of success in bringing inflation back under control, and therefore may be more inclined to ease off the pace of its aggressive interest rate hikes in the months ahead. Investors didn't panic at these clear signs that the economy may be heading for trouble. Instead, they celebrated. The market, which was overdue for a rebound rally anyhow, ripped higher for two full days on Monday and Tuesday. Bets on the Fed funds rate getting to an upper band of 5% by the end of 2023 fell away, according to the CME FedWatch tool. By Tuesday, futures markets were pointing to the four to four and a quarter range as being the most likely target. Screens were flooded with green by Tuesday's close after these two rather economically disappointing data releases. Sentiment was also bolstered by the Reserve Bank of Australia, who surprised everyone when it raised the Australian version of the Fed funds rate by a mere 0.25% when it had widely been expected to go with 0.5 or even 0.75%. Cue more hope that we may all be getting closer to peak interest rates for this hiking cycle. Faced with this suddenly born again idea that interest rates may not rise quite as fast or for as long as feared, the Fed got straight down to business pouring cold water on it, using its favorite weapon, dialed up Fed speak. Chair Jerome Powell's foot soldiers were blitzing the airwaves and roaring fire and brimstone from stages around the country, turning up the volume with the Fed's highly targeted messaging. San Francisco Fed's Mary Daly reiterated the Fed's hawkish stance and the commitment to getting inflation down while strongly dismissing expectations of rate cuts in early to mid-2023. The Atlanta Fed's Raphael Bostic also dismissed the notion of rate cuts next year. Fed Governor Christopher Waller, a current voting member of the Federal Open Market Committee that sets the interest rates, was pretty explicit when he said, inflation is far from the FOMC's goal and not likely to fall quickly. While his fellow governor, Lisa Cook, described inflation as stubbornly persistent. Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari 
said that the Fed was quite a ways away from pausing its campaign of interest rate increases. This all burst the market's bubble, and on Wednesday and Thursday, we saw far more muted enthusiasm ahead of Friday's important jobs report, as investors were reminded of the old adage that fighting the Fed is usually not a great idea. What we eventually saw on Friday was yet another classic example of the good news is bad news effect, more mental gymnastics required. Pre-market, we learned that the US economy had added yet another 263,000 jobs in September, over 50,000 down from the August increase of 315K, but still a further expansion of job creation and greater than anticipated. More importantly, the unemployment rate fell rather unexpectedly from 37 to 3.5%, a half-century low. In normal times, all pretty positive news for the economy. However, the market quickly decided to interpret this as a sign that the job market is still strong enough for the Fed to feel the need to continue its aggressive inflation-fighting efforts through interest rate hikes. Stock prices fell hard across the board as we experienced yet another brutal Friday, an increasingly common feature over the last couple of months. It wasn't enough, however, to wipe out Monday and Tuesday's spectacular gains and the major indexes closed broadly higher for the week, for the first time in what feels like ages, although well off their highs from Tuesday evening. The script for how this market misery ends is no mystery. Inflation peaks and quickly recedes. The economy slows meaningfully but doesn't collapse. Geopolitics improves and the corporate earnings outlook stays relatively stable. All of which gets the Fed to peak hawkishness and a pivot away from hiking interest rates, maybe even towards cutting them again. That's it. That's the simple recipe to end this bear market and all market participants know it. This coming week is extremely important for figuring out where we are with this narrative. As we get the latest inflation numbers, both the retail consumer price index and the wholesale producer price index, and the third quarter earnings season gets underway. Longer term investors, however, should not deviate from the plan of continuing to systematically buy index funds or certain factor-based ETFs on a regular basis, weekly, bi-weekly, two times a month, monthly, whatever. Indeed, stepping up the amount they buy right now, if cash allows. I have no idea exactly when, but one day, relatively soon, you'll be very, very glad you did.